Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer joining you from Carolina. Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas. Thomas and the staff at World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Coming up in the next hour of the show, uh, I will have Elliot Friedman with us momentarily for our friends at Abe's Door Service, and Brendan Escott will guide you home for the final half hour with John Shannon with Legacy Heating and Cooling as I'll be hopping on the team bus to head over to the Arena of the Oilers and the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Our headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky at it is the best you've ever tasted. Multiple locations in the Edmonton region to serve you. Visit Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, whose appearances are brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. Visit abesdoor.ca. We welcome back to the show one of the most plugged-in men in the business, Elliot Freeman. Hi, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? My uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have a swim spa, and they love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I I, yeah. I don't know if anybody wants it. It might be harpooning season if I was to ever go on the deck, but I'll talk to Thomas about that at some point. But uh, mm-hmm. we shall see. Um, scary, scary incident, obviously, the, the other night with Evander Kane. Uh, that cool. being said, if it's good. If it's going to happen, he's in the best place for it to happen. But, boy, that's, I tell you, it was gut-wrenching. And we knew it right away on our show between Cam and me. Like, you you knew exactly what happened. And it just, it's stuff like that that kind of puts everything else in perspective, doesn't it, Elliot? Uh, Yes. Yes, it does. Um, uh, You know, I... I mean, you could see right away by his reaction. Um, you can always tell by someone's reaction how much pain they're in or how much distress they're in. And Kane knew it right away, and he skated off the ice. Um, you know, and I was a—I uh, used to be a camp counselor, and we were trained for that, how to handle cuts. And, okay. You know, uh, so I've seen that kind of a situation before. Um, and I know how scary they are. But one of the things that someone was saying to me was, when, when that happens to you, the best place you could probably be is somewhere like a sporting event because there are doctors around everywhere. And that, that's the thing that a lot of the, uh, the medical people, the trainers, the doctors around the NHL deserve credit for. When that happens, they know how to act. You could, they, see, they saw how Kane reacted. He went right to the bench, and you could see they knew exactly what to do. And as he thanked everybody in his uh, note, uh, it was very clear that he got great care immediately, which is the most important yeah. thing. In that situation, if you don't close the wound quick or apply pressure to it quick, especially on the wrist, it's very scary. Yeah, uh, and I will mention, and I can't speak prior to 2008, 
But in the last 15 seasons, and I've traveled 14 of the 15 years, the Oilers have rotated a about four or five different doctors. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Robinson was on this trip. Uh, we've had Dr. Naidu, who works with the Elks and the Golden Bears, and uh, and uh, obviously the Edmonton Oilers uh, on a bunch of the trips. So we, they kind of rotate four or five uh, different docs, and we just go by their first names. But in a TD Force, and I'm going to date myself a bit, but TD Force was the therapist for the Golden Bears when I was doing their U of A games, 1989 and 92, and he's very good friends with Mike Babcock. He was in Spokane the entire time that Babs was in Spoke from 94 to 98, and then TD ended up going with the Edmonton Elks, and then eventually came over, the then named Edmonton Eskimos, and then came over. So TD's been with the team for a long time. Uh, I don't know whether or not prior to 2008, the team always had a doc. Not every team travels a doctor, but the Oilers do rotate a doctor mm -hmm. and have a doctor on every single trip. So uh, that is a, 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 an important distinction that people should be aware of. Did you have fun being a camp counselor back in the day? Yeah, I was. Uh, my first year, I sucked, but after that, I was a pretty good one. Now, was this like boating camp or outdoor camp or? It was an overnight camp, uh, six weeks, uh, seven wow. weeks for staff, and uh, uh, it was everything. It, it, there, were, there were sports, there were programs, there was um, canoe trips. It was a, a much simpler time in life, Bob. I think I would say. How how far away uh, from like you were? You went to was this while you were at Western or was this when you were in high school? Uh, no, this was while I was at uh, grade 13, which doesn't exist anymore. That's how old I am. And Western. And it was in it was in Sudbury, Ontario, which, depending on how fast you drive, is about, you know, four hours from Toronto. Home of yeah, the so I'd get, uh, I would get there in uh, two hours and 45 minutes. Is Laurentian <laughs> in Sudbury? Yes, it is. Laurentian University is the school there. And there's yeah. a, and there's a right. college up there, but I can't remember which one it is, too. Okay. All right. Uh, let's switch focus and get to some of the things that you've sort of uh, touched on with 32 Thoughts over the last couple of weeks. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Edmonton's short-term solution with the cane absence is going to be internal. We'll have to wait and see what's going on with Yamamoto as well because uh, mm -hmm. there's a chance he doesn't play tonight. Um so we'll, we'll be monitoring that. So, and the reality is, the orders do expect Kane back before the end of the season, which limits yeah. kind of what they can do. It's not mm -hmm. like people are like, well, why can't they just go get a five million dollar guy? But I want to talk about a couple of the clubs. You hit on mm -hmm. Vancouver. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They, th this is getting interesting. There. I mean, you watch Bruce. There's obviously. Is it fair to say there appears to be a disconnect between the general manager and the head coach? I would say, Bob, you're being polite by using the word appears. Um, you know, it's, it's three or four times this year this has happened. And on one hand, you sit there and you say, well, we always complain that people in hockey, their quotes are boring. And, and then when they say something interesting, then we rip them for the, what they say. And you can't, you can't have it both ways. You either want the honest truth or you don't. I think the tough thing right here is it's been three times already. And as far as I'm concerned, enough is enough. Either you want him or you don't. Don't keep doing that to him. You either, if, if, if you don't think he's a good coach, and like, I understand Rutherford being mad about some of these games like that. 
that game against Nashville at home last week, you're up three to nothing. You can't lose that game. You, you just you just can't. And uh, especially with a guy like Demko, his goal in goal, even though he's been struggling lately. And so, but if you if you're tired of it, make the coaching change. And I think, look, they're paying Green two point seven five million this year. They're paying Boudreaux two million this year. I get it. They might not want to bring in someone else's coach. And to be honest, I do think this is a lost season for the Canucks a bit. But I don't think it's the end of the world if they get a high draft pick and add a good player to what they've already got there. They do have some good players. They just have to play better and, and improve their blue line. And that's what I would think, concentrate on doing if I was the Canucks. But I, I, I just think this public lambasting of Boudreaux has to stop. We get the message. We've heard it enough. Make your decision one way or the other. Well, the sequence involving J.T. Miller, who got the long-term deal last night, the turnover to Kirby Doc, who, by Kirby the way, Doc, I just want yeah. to point out for everybody, since I'm the president of the Kirby Doc fan club, four mm-hmm. goals, 12 points in 14 games, four goals and 12 points in 13 games for Jack Hughes. I'll concede Hughes is playing center. Doc looks to be a real good foot fit in the right side the last five games playing with Caulfield and Suzuki. Just, just throwing it out there for the people that think that... Uh, because some people have suggested to me that Kirby Doc's not even in the same realm as uh, as Jack Hughes. I digress. Uh, I, I I look at that situation with Miller. To me, to me, there's been some puzzling moves in Vancouver. Elliot, I would if I if I was running the Vancouver Canucks, I, I would have prioritized signing Horvat over JT Miller. Well, I think they did. I, you know what, Bob? I don't think I don't think that's the issue. I. Uh, I really believe, as I look back and, and think about what happened this summer, is that at the draft, and I thought I had a really good handle on it, but at the draft, I, I think the plan was we're going to take a big run at Horvat, and I don't think anybody thought it was going to be easy, but I do think they were optimistic it would happen. And then during the summer, it got harder and harder and harder. And, you know, hey, I don't necessarily think it was, you know, Horvat's fault. I just think there was a gap there. And they couldn't bridge it. The Canucks and the, and the agent and Horvat's camp couldn't bridge it. And all of a sudden, we were getting into late August or early September. I can't remember exactly when it was. And the Vancouver Canucks were sitting there looking at a situation where they were going to start training camp without Horvat or Miller signed. And they pivoted to Miller. And because, you know, the Miller signing, it happened fast. They basically called them two days before it was announced and got it done. So, you know, Vancouver made the choice to pivot. And I don't think it was because they didn't want to prioritize Horvat. I just think they couldn't get to a position where they they could get a deal done. And now, Bob, the way this is going, the number for Horvat is higher now than it was in the summer. This is why I always say if you have a cornerstone player and you feel you want to keep them, you get them done for as long as you can, as fast as you can, because the price never goes down. Well, uh, I mean, I recall the criticism. For all of the criticism, some of it fair, that was directed Pete Shirelli's way, Leon at eight times eight and a half turned out to be a stroke of genius oh, yeah. that, on Shirelli's part. That, that, that's what I always say. Like, if, if you're convinced, if you really believe in a player like Dreisaitl, like, look, there's always risk involved. No matter what you're going to do, 
you're going to take criticism. There's going to be people who think there's always going to be people who think you're smart and there's always going to be people who think you're dumb. But you have to do you have to stay true to the courage of your convictions. And Peter Sorelli got that deal done. And it, you could argue it's the best contract in the NHL. I will tell you this, that he probably gave me more time. I mean, I host a two-hour show called Oilers now, Elliot. He gave me as much time as anybody, okay? I argued with him on stuff, and he just looked at me like, you know, come on, Stoffer. But the one area that we had congruency on was on, was on Leon. And I remember the criticism when the Oilers did the deal. Oh, he's, you know, and there's no one that debates now. That he's a byproduct, of, you know. Uh, I mean, when the Oilers were on their five-game winning streak, Elliot, uh, Leon and Connor played two minutes and twelve seconds of five-on-five five together over the five games. That's it. So it's funny how it works out. Horvat would be an attractive guy in the trade market, would he not? Oh, sure, he would. Oh, absolutely, he would. I mean, who who wouldn't who wouldn't want him? Especially the way he's going Love right him. now. Like, I, like I got to tell you, Bob, I'm still not convinced. I'm not convinced that it has to be him who gets traded. You know, like I said, the Miller thing, they were like, no, 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 yes. So I always remember that kind of behavior because since you did it before, you can always do it again. But like, I think if you're the Canucks right now, you're just, what do you have to fix? You have to fix your blue line. So, you know, they went out, they got Ethan Bear already. That's not the biggest solution. It's, it's a help, but it's not no. the biggest solution. Um, I, that's what that's what they've got to be looking at is how can they improve their team defense? That has to be the number one thing. Courtesy of our friends from Abe's Door Service, one of the most plugged in men in the business, even though he'd never call himself that. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Elliot, St. Louis Blues. I've received three texts today from the Colton Pareko fan club. Hey, I love yep. Colton Pareko, and we all yep. know how Good well player. he played with Bomeister when they won. Good player, a local product. Uh, but. What's going to happen? I mean, I I don't see Pareko being the piece that goes. He's he's what they need, which is, a, I mean, they've got some smaller puck-moving D. What's happened in St. Louis? What's gone on there? I think that uh, they're not the same blues. And I think you talked about it. Like, their D is smaller. Um, I, I think they're a little less physical. Um you know, the identity of the team has changed. You know, the, the Blues were always a, a tight, tight, tight defensive group. They could score, but they, they, they could check. And that's the one thing the team's saying now. Like, that's the one thing the team's saying now is that they don't, they don't check as well as they used to. You can do things against them that you didn't used to be able to do. Uh, and uh, you can see it. Um, you know, I'll tell you this, like, Petrangelo's not there. That's a big loss, obviously. You know, Perron, like a mean, mean guy who was really skilled, big loss. Um, there, there used to be, I don't know if fear is the right word, Bob, but there was a feeling that you went in to play the blues and you were going to get bruised up a little bit. Like it was, you were going to have to fight for every inch. I wonder if yep. that's not there anymore, that feeling. And I wonder if they're going to look for a little bit of some beef to see what's available out there. Well, they haven't won since uh, they scored five minutes in the game on a power play. Edmonton not never got a power play against them. 
And yeah. the Oilers outplayed St. Louis 5-on-5, five five, but Bennington played really well. They ended up getting an empty netter, beat the Oilers 2 nothing. Then the Oilers played them, you know, a couple games later and, and you know, got a good start out of Skinner and, and won 3-1 there. And it's been all, they had played Winnipeg in between the two games. But I just, they're not, Elliot, I've seen them twice. They're not even, they used to absolutely lock it, lock it down. Yeah, suck the life and energy out of your offensive players, and they cannot do that anymore. And it's going to be really interesting. And you know what? The other thing, I mean, what's Kyrie right now? Like minus fifty. Like he's just a highly skilled guy. But they've got some top end guys. You know, it's funny. The scoring's up, Elliot. But there's some teams that aren't scoring, and St. Louis is one of them. So, well, I think like like one of the things I really look for now, Bob, is uh, like I'm I'm just looking at um, who's got the puck. And like, there's nights yeah. I've watched St. Louis, and it just doesn't seem to have the puck a lot. Um, you know, I always remember Bob Ganey. You know, Bob Ganey. I remember once when he was coaching, when he was the GM in Montreal, he, he fired Guy Carbonell. And I remember asking him, like, "Why'd you do that?" And he goes, "We can't check, and you can't win in this league if we, we if you can't check." And the Blues were always a team that knew how to check. I think now, too, Bob, like in this league now, the way that teams, like there's so much talent, uh, the fourth lines, everybody can score now, everybody can attack. Um, you know, you, you can't hook and hold as much as you used to. You, you have to be able to have a strong stick and, and, or like angle someone or body someone or use a strong stick to get knock the puck off someone. If you can't do that, people are going to run up and down the ice on you. And uh, like that's ha- I've seen it happen more to St. Louis this year than maybe in the last five years. Quick hitter I'll for you, Elliot, like, uh, know, Bill Armstrong. I know that that GM, Doug Armstrong, he's not patient. You know he's looking out there. Oh, and he's uh, he's as plugged in as any GM in the league, too. Yeah. Bill Armstrong was in Washington the other night. I had the second chance to have a lengthy conversation with him. Um, mm-hmm. And Dylan Gunther, the former Edmonton Oil King, for now remains in Arizona. Yeah. Distinct possibility he ends up in the World Juniors. Distinct possibility. Yeah. And does he does he ultimately end up back in junior and not play his thirty nine games because Seattle and Kamloops are going to be watching that very closely? But there's a similar situation potentially with Shane Wright that could uh, affect things in the OHL. Maybe you can explain to our listeners what's going on there. Well, you know he he had a he didn't play for a while. He had a game where he played 14 minutes. That was a career high. And then the game after that, which I think was on the 5th, he played eight minutes. And then they had another win after that where they beat Nashville, and he didn't play. So we'll see. You know, they play again tomorrow. We'll see what that's going to mean. You know, I, like I understand it. The Kraken are rolling. They've won five in a row. They're and they got to get wins. Like th- this is an organization that was really disappointed in their first season, and they they got to win games. They got to get victories. And so Dave Axel, he's got to ice the lineup that he thinks is going to win him games. And you know, the, the thing about Wright is, I do think he'll end up at the World Juniors. Um, there's some real questions to whether or not the OHL was the best place for him and you could put him in a conditioning stint for two weeks in the AHL which I think might happen but the bottom thing Bob is I think that kid's got to play 
Like he basically he lost a year because the OHL didn't play during COVID. They just have to get him on the ice. And he has like I think what they should do is like the OHL should basically fix it and put and and say we're putting right on the best team or a good team where he's going to play a lot and ton in meaningful games. And you know you could do that. but one of the things that someone told me, I think it was Merrick, is that one of the issues is this year's first-round picks can't be traded until either December or January. And I think that's one of the yeah. hang-ups. But, again, if I was the OHL, I'd say to, the, I'd say to the, the kid and the parents, like, how do you feel? But I would just get him into a place where he can play a lot of minutes. Well, I'm telling you, in Gunther's case, like, they could do the same thing. They can, can, you know, I I could foresee a scenario where he plays in the World Juniors and Mm -hmm. and then he does, you know, get reassigned to Junior. He'll never, like, he's an Edmonton Oil Kings property right now. He's going to get moved because you're not even going to put the asset in distress. You know, Mm -hmm. and and just look what happened with Luke Prokop. The Oil Kings ended up recouping a first-rounder back with Seattle. I don't think Seattle's going to be very patient, and Kamloops is sitting there smiling like a butcher's dog because they're hosting their guaranteed a Memorial Cup berth. So keep an eye. Similar situation for Gunther as with Shane Wright. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. They, I thought mm-hmm. the OHL, Elliot, very quickly, I thought they were considering not allowing teams to trade number ones at one time. Well, well I, like I asked Merrick about this because he's much more plugged into it than I am, and he told me there's a date... Before then, I believe okay. it's last year's players can't be moved. If I'm misquoting him, I'm misquoting him, but it's it's something, it's something like that. He's more, he's more tied into this kind of stuff. Elliot, awesome stuff. Love having you on the show. Thanks for joining us here in Winners Now. All right, Bob. Take care. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. He's our Oilers now headliner for Wilhawk uh, Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. And his appearances are brought to you by Abe's Door Service, where services are specially visit abesdoor.ca. To the Oilers now injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. They're the best. James H. Brown. Trent, Trent Brown, big fan of Evander Kane. The orders will be without Kane for three to four months, and we're going to continue to monitor the situation with Kyler Yamamoto. Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Don and the staff have multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. And Brent Ridge Ford out of Wetaska and where cars cost less. You can trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or sell it to them outright. Whatever works best for you. Remember the 2023 order bank is now open for F-150s and SUVs. Go see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Your Ford truck authority on the auto mile. Brendan Escott's got an interview coming up with John Shannon as uh, we continue with orders now after a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. I will rejoin you today at 3.30 Edmonton time from PNC Arena.